The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. On today's Hump Day episode of Fantasy Football Today, buy low, sell high, a big injury update that we just got on Josh Allen, a couple of potential changes in backfields, maybe Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, are they moving toward the younger guy, <laughs> less experienced guy as it is in uh, in Pittsburgh, and Heath gets to defend his Fantasy Jeopardy title. Heath, uh, that belt that you had on Sunday night, I think that was a Fantasy Jeopardy belt, are you ready to... Defend your face. Are you, are you re- I, I actually am a little worried about I think you're going to struggle in one of the categories. So just letting you know that. But are, are you ready to defend the title? Uh, well, I would expect after I won last week that you would do everything you can to mold the answers and the results. Um, I, I expect the categories to be Chicago pizza joints. Um, Things Dave told me to put in this category. Uh, strength, of, strength of schedule, rest of season. Mm-hmm. And mid-90s, um, mid-90s Miami Hurricanes. Is the Dave's third. trade chart values. Yeah. <laughs> Facts about Dave's kids for two hundred. Uh, all right. Well, we'll see. Uh, we're going to be this playing. This child costs him four thousand dollars a month. Oh gosh. Uh, so we're going to be playing uh, Fantasy Jeopardy throughout the run of the Tournament of Champions. If you like actual Jeopardy, check out the Tournament of Champions, of course. And you the probably of champions. The, the, the Tournament of Champions. You probably already are because you all are smart and you, you know, you. Uh, watch Jeopardy. All right, anyway, news and notes. We'll get to the buy low, sell high in a moment, but we do have to start with Josh Allen. So Ian Rappaport just tweeting, he has a sprained elbow. He might be able to play this week. The belief is that Josh Allen can manage the injury moving forward, but how he responds this week is key, according to Ian Rappaport. Dave, it's a, it's a little bit vague, but it's not bad mm-hmm. news. What do we make of this for all of the bills, basically? I think you just lower expectations a tad, but you still start them all. Um, yeah, you're still going to start digs. 
Davis is still going to be that number three type of receiver who probably is ranked as a low end number two just because so many receivers are hurt or on by. You don't have to trust Dawson Knox. You don't have to trust Devin Singletary. The, the one thing that I think about is Josh Allen versus Tua or Josh Allen versus Justin Fields. Might you feel more comfortable going with one of those guys rather than Josh Allen knowing that Allen isn't at 100%, what if his arm gets worse during the game? I don't think the matchup should have anything to do with it at this point. So that's something that I'll have to think about during the week, and that's a decision I'm going to have to make in a league where I'm I'm trying to get the number one seed. I've got both Allen and Justin Fields. Right now I've got Fields in my lineup. I might keep it that way. I, I think um, like Chris Prasso had a thread on this this morning, and it's not, with no inside inf- information, just kind of – gaming this whole thing out. I think we should be prepared um, if we have Josh Allen or if we have Gabe Davis to start someone else. I think we should be prepared for Josh Allen to not play. Um, It's not an AFC game. They are planning on playing all the way into February. Um, I, I would not expect unless it's a really good week of practice. um, Just, just have an alternate plan. But what about rest of season? Heath, you can start with that. I and mean, what do you do? If you have Stefan Diggs right now, do you trade him for Tyreek Hill just to be safe? You know, do you maybe downgrade a little bit more, trade him who would be just below that? I mean, I think you could argue Tyreek Hill is better than Stefan Diggs, but uh Diggs Yeah, is I don't buy. know, especially with the connection that Diggs has with Case Keenum. I he wouldn't be as good, but I still think he'd be a top five wide receiver and I would be um I'd have a tough time trading him i think gabe davis might be the one and you wish he was coming off a good game um because then maybe you could get somebody who still believes he's a top 25 wide receiver um but he might be the one that i'd be more nervous about because it could be that Allen's playing with an elbow that doesn't allow him to take the deep shots it could be he's playing with case keenum who can't make those throws so there's multiple ways things could go wrong for him with Diggs, i i just don't know it it would be pretty fantastic if we got the accidental revenge game with case keenum against the vikings that would be fun that would be fun i wouldn't i'm I'm anti that i'm just gonna say i'd rather it be josh allen (laughs) of course you would and of course everybody else would um just as as far as trade values go for those guys stefan Diggs isn't in his usual spot on the trade value chart because of this elbow injury he's still fifth but usually he's higher than that and davis is outside of the top 30 among wide receivers so if you can turn him into something pretty good, go for it because I, I'm not even sure how much value he should have if Josh Allen's okay. Because every week it's the same story with him. It doesn't matter who they play. He's 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 got to catch a deep ball in order to come through. He's got to catch a touchdown in order to be great for your team. And if he doesn't do it, it's like three catches for 33 yards or something like that. It's annoying. So this might not be the best time to trade Gabe Davis away for something unless there's somebody in your league that just wants that high upside in their lineup each week. Okay, and the, the next three opponents are pretty soft for Buffalo. So if you, Josh Allen were healthy, maybe you'd have a little bit more mm-hmm. faith, fully healthy, you'd have more faith in Gabe Davis. Lions are in there, right? Yeah, Minnesota, Cleveland, and Detroit. Uh, Chuba Hubbard said he's going to play this week. We are, go- we are going to take a look at that game in a little bit. Carolina hosting Atlanta on Thursday. Jerry Jones expects Ezekiel Elliott to play. It's certainly not written in stone, but the the owner, general manager, head coach of the team said he expects, that's all Jerry Jones, by the way, expects Ezekiel Elliott to play against the Packers. 
let's talk about Jalen Warren and uh, and Rashad White. So Mike Tomlin not exactly ruling out a Jalen Warren surge takeover wave. <laughs> um, and then Greg Allman, who covers the Bucks for the Athletic, made five predictions for the second half of the season. And the last one was that Rashad White would eventually take over as the lead back for the Bucks. Uh, this, he said. The snaps were still heavily in Fournette's favor, but that will continue to change if Fournette underperforms. So who would be a bigger priority for you, Heath? Jalen Warren for the Steelers or Rashad White for the Buccaneers? I think I'd go with Jalen Warren for the Steelers. Um, I'm less I'm less confident that Najee has a firm grip on the role. There's no Tom Brady there to say, oops, the young kid just messed up. I don't want him to play anymore. Um, and they're both young kids in Pittsburgh. And... Jalen Warren's actually been good with the ball in his hands this year. Yes. I'm not sure it's possible for a Tampa Bay running back to be good with the ball in their hands um, in this current situation. So I, I could see a situation, and that's the interesting thing with Pittsburgh, is they've so rarely had a committee that it's not hard to see a situation where they say, you know what, we're going to split it up this week, and Jalen Warren goes out and rushes 10 times for 50 yards, and Najee goes 10 for 24, and they're just like, nope, Najee, you're done. You think they yeah. might be there already? It might be. Yeah. I mean, it, it could, but it could, like, it's easier for me to see Jalen Warren just coming out and playing 75% of the snaps sometime in the next three weeks. I don't really believe that'll happen with Rashad White. I think it might get to like 60 40. I'm with you on it. I've been talking about Jalen Warren for weeks about how he's the more explosive running back of the two. I actually have the metrics here if you're interested. He's ahead of Najee Harris on yards per carry, yards before contact, yards after contact. Rush EPA, success rate overall, uh, avoided tackle rate. He's more than double on Najee Harris on that. Explosive play rate, more than double, almost triple Najee Harris there. Rushes of five-plus yards, that rate, he's ahead of him there. The only question is, can Jalen Warren be effective if he's getting 15 touches a game like Najee was? And I think that's what the Steelers are going to find out. I, I'm reading between the lines of what Tomlin's saying as Warren's going to get more chances. Najee will get less chances, and then they'll make a decision from there. But I, I agree with Heath. I, I think Warren has a chance to become a fantasy starter sooner than Rashad White does. And I still like White, too. But that that could be a situation where they just use two backs and they're done with it. And White doesn't get the chance to be the feature guy unless Fournette almost literally gets hurt. Fournette didn't look terrible last week. He had some bad plays, but he didn't look as terrible as he did previously. Jalen Warren is 32% rostered. If we were doing the waiver wire show over, he might be the number one priority. He probably would be at the very least you can, at running you can, back. You can pause the podcast right now, go pick him up off your waiver wire, and come back. Yeah, go get him. I mean, you take him over Latavius Murray? Yes. Assuming... That you don't need Latavius to start this week. Okay. Uh, Warren, would you drop... You wouldn't drop James Robinson or Michael Carter, would you, for Jalen Warren? Definitely not Carter. Probably not Robinson, but I, I might put him in the same boat as Latavius, where if this is the guy who's the worst player on my bench and I want to get somebody that's got more upside, I would do it. I would drop Robinson for... Really? <clears throat> I would. Okay. Um, all right, uh, one last thing on Jalen Warren. Dave mentioned how much better the metrics are for Warren compared to Najee Harris, but how about you know, he only has 29 carries. 
if you just look at all running backs with a minimum of 25 carries, that's 64 running backs. Jalen Warren is first in EPA, rush EPA, that's expected points added. Number one in rush EPA, number one in avoid rate, sixth best in success rate as calculated by True Media, 13th in yards per carry, seventh in yards before contact per carry, 18th in yards after contact per carry, blah, 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 11th in percent. But it's incredible. His metrics, it's a small sample, but they are off the, they are terrific. And it hasn't just been, oh, it's third down and 15. Here's a draw play for Jalen Warren. He does not have a single carry on third down all year. He has only two carries on second down of longer than 10 yards. So it hasn't been one of those situations where let's bring in the third down back for a, a play where everyone's playing back. He's been good, basically just just good. End of story. So pause right there. Number one, you, you just said he doesn't have a carry on third downs. How many third downs has he played? Would you like that number? Yeah, he's the third down back <laughs> on passing downs, but he doesn't have any carries on third downs. So... Um, it doesn't matter how many he's played. Things are going to change now, you know, in theory. So go, you know, get him. I'm just looking to see how many snaps he's played on third downs. He has played more snaps than uh, Najee on third and fourth downs. Okay. Just four carries. Four carries. Uh, four rush snaps. Did he have all those rushes or did somebody else, like, Pickett got one? Yeah, I told you he hasn't barely, had a carry. Barely, barely, barely. He's barely done day. it. You're absolutely right. <laughs> By the way, they play the Saints this week. The Saints played on Monday. They look terrible. They lost members of their defense. Mm-hmm. This is a good spot for Jalen Warren to break out if he's going to break out. This is means nothing, but not you guys made me look, so now you have to hear it. Um, <laughs> Jalen Warren has 14 carries on second down for 111 yards. <laughs> There's a lot of he second has, and 10 runs, right? He has 15 other carries for 42 yards. That does mean nothing, but it's cool. Stat of the day. <laughs> Gus Edwards should be back after the bye. Kenny Galladay is expected to play this week. Deshaun Jackson should be back after the bye. Denver center Lloyd Cushenberry is on IR with a groin injury. Carolina safety Jeremy Chin is unlikely to play this week, but he has not played since week four. Carolina's pass defense, their defense in, in general, has been awful for two straight games. It's pretty good for the first seven games. Terrible two straight games. Pittsburgh linebacker T.J. Watt could play this week for the Steelers. That would be huge against the Saints. A couple things to promote. We have some live streams for you to check out. Uh, we've got a Tuesday night waiver wire. And it's actually, it's not a lot of waiver wire, honestly. It's a lot of trade talk. It's, it's, a lot, it's a lot of everything talk. Join us Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. All of our live streams and all of our podcasts are available. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. We also have a fantasy football today DFS podcast. If you like FanDuel, DraftKings, whatever, DFS, check it out. It streams live. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. 6 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. 5 p.m. Eastern. No, 6 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. Pardon me. 5 p.m. Eastern on Thursday with Sia Najad and Mike McClure. If you can't catch it live, you can catch it on demand on YouTube or just download, subscribe to the podcast. FFT DFS. All right, later today, um, I've got some players with good and bad schedules on paper. You'll tell me if it matters. We've got Fantasy Jeopardy. We've got your buy lows and sell highs. Guys, I'm going to give you a little less time than usual just because we talked a lot about Warren and White and whatever. Give me your favorite buy low, your favorite sell high. Heath, let's start with you. Your favorite buy low. Always, 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 always you want to start with Dave. Dave, who is the best buy low right now? We talked about Amon Ross St. Brown last week. I'm doubling down on him this week. Just a great opportunity to continue being the number one wide receiver in Detroit. 
despite what happened in last week's game, I still think the Lions are going to be trailing in the majority of the games that they're in. He's got a streak, Adam, of 10 straight games where he's seen at least nine plus targets when he's played 70% of the snaps, meaning he's not coming back from an injury or he's not getting hurt in the game. Maybe you'll say I'm Azer statting that one, but I think that just tells you that Jared Goff likes throwing to him. I think he's going to continue to see those targets, see a lot of catches, and come back around to being a, a top 10 receiver. I don't know. Maybe in PPR he'll have some top 10 weeks, but a top 15 to 20 receiver for sure in PPR. Love the idea of trying to trade for him. Give up DJ Moore. Give up Chris Olave to get him. Um, you might have to give up something with those guys to go and get a Monroe St. Brown off somebody's team. How about James Conner, straight up for him in non-PPR? How about Deontay Foreman, straight up for him in full PPR? Okay. A Monroe St. Brown and Jacob Gibbs share the same sentiment. Um, only concern I have there is they have stopped throwing the ball downfield. They are back to being... One of the Dinky lowest, donkey. yeah, one of the low, which is That's, good in PPR, right? But he's a guy who could make some plays, you know, and he's not really being afforded that opportunity because golf is back to, you know, being one of the shallowest passers in the NFL over the last three weeks, I think. Yeah, but isn't that how he made his hay last year? Yeah, Late, yeah. During his run last year, he caught a bunch of short throws. Yeah, it's true. It's great for PPR. All right, Amara St. Brown. I don't know if I did. I just say this. Jacob Gibbs also gave. Yes, that? Okay. you did say that. Okay, which makes me wonder if we've we've kind of like put the kibosh on no, Sam uh, Brown. Now <laughs> he's going to sneak. Can I give you another one? Oh, Heath, you're going to maybe allow a, that? a more interesting one. Heath, is yeah, there. I had two, so I think Dave can have two. Okay. I hope it's not a wide receiver because mine are both wide receivers. Yeah, this is a running back. All right, who you got? I got David Montgomery as a buy low because since the hot hand proclamation, <laughs> Matt Eberflus. Montgomery's played the majority of the snaps each game, 70% of the snaps in two of three games. Has 13 touches on third and fourth downs. Khalil Herbert has two. He has three touches inside the 10. Khalil Herbert has zero. He's had 15, 18, and 15 touches in his past three. Herbert's had 13, 16, and seven. So he's getting more. He gets more of the valuable touches. I know he hasn't been great, and I know that there's always the chance that Khalil Herbert takes over, but I, I would have thought that we would have seen it by now. And we haven't. So Montgomery is still getting the type of work that it takes. And he should cost you next to nothing. Like you could take, if you're tired of looking at Cortland Sutton on your roster, especially if it's non-PPR, you could flip him. You should be able to get Montgomery. Garrett Wilson, he's had two great games. Don't know if I want to do it in full PPR, but he is going into his bye week. Maybe you're desperate for a running back. You could flip him to get David Montgomery. Brandon Ayuk, same exact thing. Um, I, I think that he's probably the running back you should gravitate toward if you're trying to buy low and fill that spot in your lineup. Roll is such an interesting thing. Not to get too off track, as I told you to speed up. But I look at Montgomery, and I look at James Conner. And you couldn't ask for a better role from James Conner in his first game back. He played something like 70% of the snaps. He was completely in on third down. You know he's going to be the goal line guy most of the time ahead of... Eno Benjamin. That's exactly the profile of a running back you want. Montgomery, 14 to 15 carries, four straight games. Some work in the passing game. As Dave said, third downs, much more likely to work at the goal line. It's exactly the profile you want. But those guys stink right now. They've they've stunk as rushers this year. They've stunk. Montgomery stunk as a rusher for most of his career. Connor might be on his last legs. How do you balance role versus production? Because based on what David Montgomery's done, it's not exactly a buy low. You're just projecting well, he's going to be better. It, I think, in fairness to Dave, if 
someone is a buy low, you would think that their production has not been as good as we expected. Do you expect it to be that good, uh, though? That's the thing. Like, when do you I, stop I, expecting I it to be I think Montgomery's good? a fine buy low. If you need to win the next couple of weeks, I think he could have a good stretch here. I don't really like him as a rest of season buy low because the year that he was the best buy low ever, it was because he had a fantastic schedule at the end of the year, and his schedule coming off the buy is terrible. Right. What about I before cannot, the buy? It's fantastic. That's what I said. If you need help getting into the playoffs, I think he's a fine guy. But I'm afraid once you get to the playoffs, you're going to need someone else in your starting lineup. Um, okay. And what about Connor on the the note that I said there? I mean, just him really having a, a terrific The other role. complicating factor with Connor is that, like, he's not – I wouldn't say he's glass, but he seems far more likely to suffer an injury in the next four weeks as opposed to most running backs. All right. His who are your bylaws? too. Who are your by lows, Heath? I'm going to just stay on brand and say uh, the zero touchdown wide receiver group, Chris Godwin and Deontay Johnson. Johnson gets the added boost of having just lost Chase Claypool in terms of target competition. And you've got Kenny Pickett coming off the bye as a rookie quarterback. You might expect a, a little bit more cohesion from that offense. You might expect a little bit better play from Pickett. I think you can probably expect eight to ten targets a game for Deontay Johnson. And so he's probably going to be a high-end number three wide receiver. And if the touchdown regression hits like it should, he might just be a number two wide receiver. Still on Chris, Chris Godwin? It's, I think, three weeks in a row. I, I'm, I'm sticking. How, how, many, how many weeks was I on David Montgomery um, before, before that hit correctly? I, I, I just, unless you think Brady's done, no. washed, completely done, no. then I think the expectation should be two things. One, Godwin's going to get more comfortable as he gets further removed from the ACL injury. And two, he's not going to continue scoring literally zero touchdowns. Yeah, I just, it's the injury thing for me. It's, it, I can't forecast it. I'm just going to go on what Tony Romo said. He expressed a little optimism that Godwin can get back to, you know, being healthy because he basically said that they need Chris Godwin to get healthy, which implies he hasn't been. Uh, healthy right. is not the right word. You know, it's, it's uh, that level of effectiveness where he's back to himself, I guess. Yeah, he's, he's getting single covered and struggling to get open consistently. Right, and they're giving him these throws at the at the line of scrimmage. Like they're not really giving him any downfield opportunities at all. At the same time, like as as bad as he's been, and it's not been good. If a guy's giving you double digit PPR points every every single week without ever scoring a touchdown, like there's massive upside there. If he just scored a touchdown every other week, like you would normally expect him to, he'd probably be a top twenty wide receiver right now. He never leaves my lineup. Chris Godwin. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, but but I also understand. Like I've got several teams with Chris Godwin, and that's not been a fun experience. Right. So you may be able to go buy low on him, and he might be a top fifteen wide receiver rest of season. Here's hoping that would that would boost Brady too. They're kind of intertwined. I think. Agreed. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, one thing that you don't that you don't have to worry about struggling or anything like that is your Indochino suit. When you get that Indochino suit, and get a couple, get five Indochino suits. It's holiday time, or maybe you're getting married soon. You're going to a wedding or whatever. Maybe you got a big job interview. Maybe you got a, a fancy job. You need a new suit. Indochino is the place to go. You can get fifty bucks off any purchase of three ninety nine or more. That's a pretty significant discount right there. Any purchase of three ninety nine or more get fifty dollars off with the promo code FFT at Indochino.com. I N D O C H I I know.com. It is not possible to find the the perfect suit, 
but it's very possible to find the suit that's perfect for you. And it's simple. Thanks to Indochino, you choose your fabric, you customize every detail, and you find the look that's perfect for you. Just submit your measurements online, okay? It's very easy to do. You go online, submit your measurements, or you can get a store. They have plenty of stores. You can walk into an Indochino store as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, get. I've talked about it for so long. I love it. It's my favorite suit. It looks great. Love wearing it. And their made-for-you suits start at just $449. Fitted shirts start at $89. So design your perfect suit with Indochino. To get $50 off any purchase of $399 or more, use the promo code FFT at Indochino.com. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Promo code is FFT. Favorite sell-high candidates, guys. Favorite sell-high. Heath, you... You or Dave? I'm, can, can I just do all wide receivers? Um, and this guy might not seem like a sell high because he's coming off of a 37-yard game, but he has scored in each of his last two games, and he's still a top 20 wide receiver for the season. I do not have confidence that DK Metcalf's going to be a must-start wide receiver over the, over the rest of the year. The yardage totals have been bad. The efficiency has been bad. Tyler Lockett's clearly been better. Um, I I would If I could get top 20 wide receiver value for him, I would take that and be very, very happy. You don't have to ask you, right? What's up? Metcalf or? Uh, I would take Chris Godwin. <laughs> what about Deontay? Uh, yeah, I'll take Deontay. Full PPR. Right. I, I wish I could make those trades with you. Uh, I think you can get more for Metcalf than you can for those other two wide receivers. But he's... He's not a top 12 guy rest of season, so I agree there. Is he a top 15 guy? I think the position thins out a little bit after a while, and I like the fact that he's got touchdown potential no matter who he plays. We can say the same thing about Lockett, too. Uh, I continue to be fully bought in on Geno Smith. I thought he looked great last week. He dealt with, listen to this, so taking on Arizona again, they blitzed and they brought pressure a ton and he beat it over and over again. And he did it without throwing deep. He had one completion of 16 plus air yards. He only attempted two such passes. And one of them was a throwaway. He dinked and dunked his way past the defense that says, all right, we're going to put pressure on you and we're going to take away the deep ball. And he was like, cool, I'm just going to beat you with paper cuts and a bunch of 10 yard throws and then throw touchdowns, including one to DK Metcalf. That was pretty impressive. If you can get top 10 value for DK Metcalf, I agree completely. But if you're getting low-balled on DK Metcalf, I don't think you bail. And I think Deontay Johnson, straight up for DK Metcalf, is a low-ball offer that I would I, refuse. I mean, I've heard a lot. A lo- you could probably get more. It's, that's great. Um, get Deontay plus. Um, okay. I've heard a lot about how few yards Chris Godwin's getting every single week. Chris Godwin is averaging more yards per game this season than DK Metcalf. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, the, the Metcalf wow. had one game with 34 yards where he left with an injury. But um, Godwin has one game with 35 yards where he left with an injury. No, no, Metcalf, I was saying this. He has two games all year with more than 64 yards. I was sounding the alarm, too. He has four games this year with fewer than 40 yards. And one of them he left with the injury very early. So, I, I mean, I see what you're seeing. He does get a lot of touchdowns. And Geno Smith is legitimately an MVP candidate. I mean, I know he's not going to well, win, it, but he's playing that well. He ha- yeah. He has had a high touchdown rate in his career playing with Russell Wilson, who coming into this year had like the third highest touchdown rate this year. He's, he's got slightly above average rate. He's got four for the year. Though. But he gets a lot of end zone targets. Um, mm-hmm. a, a lot of target. Let me see if he, where he ranks targets inside the 10. 
Not that high, but he does have a lot of uh, end zone targets. Um, okay. Anyway, um, okay. Let's, uh, Dave, let's get your sell high. I got an interesting receiver and I got an interesting tight end. Let's go with the receiver first. It's Christian Kirk, who I know that Heath really likes a lot, loves the schedule moving forward. I'm a little nervous about the schedule and I'm a little nervous about the offense in general in Jacksonville. As you guys know, I acquired Chris, Christian Kirk earlier this year on one of my teams that I care a lot about. And so I've been paying a lot of attention to him and at Jacksonville's offense, maybe a little bit more so than players that I don't have on a lot of my teams. I think he's doing fine, and I think the target volume is going back in the right, right direction. But it's always a good time to sell high on a player when he's coming off, I don't know, his best game since week two when it was against the Raiders and their terrible defense. He's been under 15 PPR points in four of his past six games. His schedule's favorable based on year-to-date stats. Kansas City this week, yeah, I think he's going to do fine. Then he's on a bye. Then he's got Baltimore after that. I think that defense is better than the stats suggest, especially with their pass rush getting stronger. I think he's a great, like right around 24 overall wide receiver, even in PPR. Like I think that that's where he's going to live. If you can tell somebody, hey, this is just the start of something new for Christian Kirk, and you can trade him for DK Metcalf, for example, I would rather have DK Metcalf rest of season than Christian Kirk. All right. I've so, got to say about Kirk, but go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say Kirk, Godwin, Johnson, DK. That's my that's my ranking of those guys rest of the season. Kirk, Godwin, I figured you Johnson, were going to ask. DK. No, well, Kirk is part of my next segment, which is called Schedule Alert. Woo! Okay, sorry. He has one of the best schedules coming up, Christian Kirk. Um, Someone's been watching too much of the Minions. <laughs> never seen it. Uh, okay, that that siren you made was his each of reminiscent each of Christian's Kirk Easter each of Christian Kirk's next four opponents are 25th or worse against wide receivers, and three of them are 26 or 23rd or worse in yards allowed to slot receivers. So he has just a beautiful schedule coming up, and he has been pretty matchup dependent. Christian Kirk he struggled against tough opponents. He's done well against easy opponents. So that was a guy that I wanted to highlight as having an easy schedule here. Uh, we do have to take a break. We have to preview the games. We have, we have a lot to get to here. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to budget five minutes for the schedule alert. I'm going to tell you guys players that I think have good or bad schedules on paper. It's not playoff schedules. We're not talking about just weeks 15, 16, 17. We're talking about right now. A lot of it's for the foreseeable future. And I want you to tell me if it matters, okay? I'm five minutes on the clock. First guy is Justin Fields. It's great now. It's really bad after the next two games. It's the Jets, Packers, by Eagles, Bills. Um, none of those teams are worse than are, are worse than tenth against quarterbacks. Three of them are top six against quarterbacks. We saw him do what he did against Dallas. He has had the best game of any team against New England. I don't think that's that tough of a matchup. Does it matter for Justin Fields? Does it matter for Justin Fields the schedule? Because that's a huge question you need to be answering asking right now. I think it matters to the extent that like there are people who I, I received a lot of stuff about if Lamar Jackson was playing this week, I'd much rather start Justin Fields. There are people who have Justin Fields as a top five quarterback rest of season. Um, if someone's elevating to that level, then I think he joins the sell high conversation and the playoff schedule is a part of that. But I don't think that those defenses, the his style of play, and they have pretty good offenses too, which should put him into chasing the score situations at worst. 
Um, I don't think those situations are going to keep him from being a starter or a top 12 guy. It's not something that's going to make me worried about using him as a starter. But if I could get top five value for him, if I could get Kyler plus, then I'm probably doing that. On that Man. note, Kyler has a bad schedule. So, Dave, you can talk about both of them. But Kyler... It's terrible. Has a really Cardinal bad schedule. schedule is terrible. Yeah, so... And it's reflected in his value on the trade chart, too, because he's just not a lot to get you 25 points a week. Uh, and just even with... It, it, for a lot of those games, I expect Marquise Brown to be back. But I still don't want to trust him. I'd rather have Fields rest of season. Certainly straight up. I would need something significant with with uh, Kyler Murray to, to lose fields. I buy into fields and what he's doing. I really like the changes in the bears offense and it's not a one week thing. It's not based off what he did against the dolphins. Look at his last five games. He's throwing a little bit more. He's more accurate when he does throw. He's doing a great job of throwing out of the pocket. He's doing a great job of deciding when to run. I think that he's putting up stats. That's the name of the game in fantasy. I'm happy to have him on my team. The only matchup, that I'm really worried about is that game against Philadelphia in week 15. We don't know what that Bills defense is going to look like by week 16. I might be worried about it by then. At least it's in Chicago. He's at Detroit in week 17. It's a fantasy championship weekend. And the other nice thing is that if you've got Justin Fields, you might have another quarterback on your team already. So it could be really specific to what your situation is. If you have Justin Fields and you've got nothing else at quarterback, uh, you would you would need a really great offer to lose him. Okay. But if you've got Fields and another quarterback... I'm thinking you either keep both or you trade the other quarterback and get whatever you can for him and you just roll with fields. Justin Herbert has a great schedule coming up. I mean, San Francisco this week, which may or may not be a great matchup. They've struggled lately. But then Kansas City, Arizona, the Raiders, the Dolphins, and the Titans, who have been better lately. After San Francisco, Justin Herbert's next five opponents are 26 or worse against quarterbacks. He just faced Atlanta, and struggled. So does it matter? Is it just about who's at wide receiver and not who's yeah. on the other side of the field? Yeah, if, if his top two wide receivers are Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter, then I think he's at best a low-end starter against a great matchup. If he gets both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back for the stretch run, then he could be one of the best by low candidates right now. Yeah. All right, Russell Wilson. It's looking pretty good for him. It, it, it depends how you view Tennessee. They've been a layup but seem to be getting better. Last three weeks, they've played better. I know Mahomes had a huge game, but he threw 68 times. He ran for a career high, I think. It's Tennessee, Raiders, Panthers, Ravens, they're probably not a great matchup. Chiefs, Cardinals, I mean, this is six of his next eight games are against teams that rank 23rd or worse against quarterbacks. Does it matter for Russell Wilson, who's 63% rostered? I don't know how you can have any confidence in Russell Wilson, just based on what he's done for the balance of this season. You want to keep him on your bench and, and see what happens. I, I think he's a great quarterback to have on the bench if you've got Josh Allen or if you've got another quarterback that you're just not sure about. Yeah, you know. The hope, I mean, you know confidence. I agree with Dave on that. But the hope is that he comes back from his bye week and they got some things figured out with the offense and he's healthy. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I think he should be rostered probably in 95% of leagues instead of 63% of leagues. And I do have him ranked over Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford and Dak Prescott this week. So, but he's, I don't think he's a top 12 quarterback. All right. The schedule probably gives you a reason to stash Russell Wilson. I think that's kind of key there. Yeah. Uh, Kirk Cousins has a pretty bad schedule. Three of his next four matchups are against teams that are top 10 against quarterbacks. 
He only has one matchup against a team that's worse than 17th. This is Kirk Cousins, Buffalo, Dallas, New England, the Jets, Lions, great, Colts, Giants, Packers. So does it matter for Kirk Cousins that his schedule is bad? I wrote about this yesterday, and this is an interesting week for defenses that have been either really good or really quite bad against quarterbacks and whether they're still the same thing because of injuries, because of guys coming back. Bills have a lot of guys hurt right now. It's a, it looks like a terrible matchup for Kirk Cousins. It looks like a terrible matchup for Dak Prescott against the, the Packers this week who have the second-best defense against quarterbacks. But we don't know who's healthy for those defenses. Um, and then on the, on the opposite side, Steelers get TJ Watt back. Are they still a decent matchup for quarterbacks, or are they now a terrible matchup? So you so you just kind of – Kirk Cousins is what he is, good starter. I, he's a – yes, he's kind of almost fallen into that – um, like, I don't know that I want to say that he's a good starter. He's not been good this year. He's been bad. Efficiency-wise, yeah. Right. Fantasy-wise, he's, he's been like, fine, right? He does not have a game with more... Well, I guess he did have two passing and one rushing touchdown. But, like, he's he's in that, man, I'm starting him because I don't have anybody else I want to start range. Her cousins. Okay, Um. let's see. I guess you don't care that Patrick Mahomes has a bad schedule, but Juju Smith-Schuster, how about the, five of Juju's next eight games are against teams that are top six in yards allowed to slot receivers. That's a little obscure, but mm. it's interesting. What has happened to Juju's slot rate lately? Right. I don't think he's a slot receiver per se. All right, I'll check it out. I'll check I it out. I think he's a slot receiver. I, I, I wonder think if Tony's going to be a slot receiver. So this doesn't bother you, the the bad matchups for Juju. It like the the, the Mahomes one, we just say no, we don't care. Okay. The Juju one, I'm not sure I'm ready to change my evaluation or expectation of him for the rest of the year. But it makes me a little bit more nervous. I think he's a low end number two wide receiver for the rest of the season. Metcalf and that, or Juju. that means that there will probably be two terrible games, two awesome games, and then a bunch in the twelve ish range. To uh, Met, Metcalf or Juju. Uh, Juju. All right, Christian Kirk. I believe I have Juju higher on the chart. Christian Kirk already told you about his great schedules. Alan Lazard is kind of questionable. Um, Terry McLaurin, it looks bad on paper. I'm not sure that I buy it. I think this week could be tough at Philadelphia, even though he had 100 yards in the first meeting. But then he's got Houston, and he's got the Giants twice, and he's got Atlanta in there too. But McLaurin, like Houston and the Giants are both top five against wide receivers. That would be three of his next five matchups. I don't buy the Giants at all. I mean, if you look at... I don't buy the Houston. Houston, I, I don't know if I buy because like they're so bad against the run, and they've got two cornerbacks who are playing terrific football. Uh, so I don't know about that one. But if you don't buy Houston and the Giants, then it's fine. I just want to bring that up, that Terry McLaurin's next five games, three of them are against teams that are top five against wide receivers. But I think I'm going to ignore that one. Okay. Dave, what do you got you on Juju? The- the Juju slot snaps. Last week against Tennessee, he played in the slot 38.5% oh, of the time. Wow. Uh, outside then, 61.5% of the time. Week before, I should say game before, against the 49ers, 39.4% of the time. Game before that, 29% of the time. He has certainly taken more to lining up wide mm. in his past three games, and his numbers have been good over the past three games. So I'm thinking that he will still see some occasional snaps in the slot, but it could be a two-third, one-third type deal. 
All right, the last one I got to ask you about, and I think I'm going to have to knock off some of the listener buy low, sell highs because we've actually covered them organically throughout the show. And one person said sell high on Joe Mixon because his playoff schedule is brutal. And indeed it is. Um, so I want to get your thoughts on that. Let me just see if I can find it. So first playoff of all, schedule? yeah, I got it. So first of okay. all, Joe Mixon going into week nine before he scored 55 PPR fantasy points, he was the number 17 running back per game in PPR. Now he's number <laughs> six, I think. Uh, yeah. And number two overall, um, his playoff schedule is t- at Tampa Bay at new England and Buffalo. I don't know how tough that is. I think it's probably pretty tough, at least two of the three matches. But Mixon at Tampa Bay, at New England, Buffalo. The journey there shouldn't be too bad, but do you, does that scare you off of Joe Mixon? No, but it, if I can turn Joe Mixon into a premier running back, if I can upgrade him without it costing me too much of a, you know, the, what, what's the player I have to throw in with Mixon? I, I want to know what wide receiver I can get for Joe Mixon because I in, in a half PPR league, our auction league, salary cap league, you might say, um, I have Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, and about seven other running backs on my bench. And my number two wide receiver is currently Chase Claypool. So I would like, and I'm on a buy, and I'm four and five. I would like to turn Joe Mixon into a wide receiver in a half PPR league. Would, would you, you take Jalen Waddle for him? I would. I think you can get more. I think you should try and get more. Would you take Stefan Diggs for him, knowing the Allen situation? I would. I'd rather have Diggs, but I get it. What about uh, Devontae Adams? You would probably do that in a heartbeat. Um, yeah, I would take Devontae Adams. That's what I would aim for. What about what about like a? Um, you could get DeAndre Hopkins plus. Mm-mm. But you could probably get Hopkins. You could get Hopkins for Mixon. I think so. In okay, half PPR, I'm, I, I feel pretty good about, <laughs> that, about that. Let's happen? make that deal. <laughs> let's make that deal. I've got the offer queued up on my phone. I am plugging it in. I have sent the offer, Dave. It's in a league. I have Mixon in a league. You have Hopkins. I have Mixon. I'll check it out. I, I got to ask this question before we head the break and then talk about Atlanta, Carolina. Should you try to get rid of Alvin Kamara while you still can? Are you worried about a suspension? I I heard, isn't there a court case this week slash today? Today, I believe. Yeah, and they might just kick the can to next month or next year i yeah i i've seen nothing suggesting that we're like we're still at the preliminary stage from what i understand so i think you should trade alan camara while you can in dynasty if you aren't like a top two team right now let's take a break when we come back atlanta's at carolina it was an awesome fantasy game the first time around what will we have in store the second time around we'll be right back and then we'll do fantasy jeopardy after the game preview we'll be um, we'll be right back on fantasy football today This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the show. It is Thursday Night Football. Atlanta's at Carolina Day. Na, 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 na. Nah. Okay, in week eight, it was 37-34 Falcons. It was anything but. Blah. It was great. P.J. Walker scored 18 points. Deontay Foreman, three touchdowns. D.J. Moore, huge game. Even good without the Hail Mary, basically. I wouldn't call it a Hail Mary, but you know what I mean. Kyle Pitts, 80 yards and a touchdown. Mariota, 28 fantasy points. Uh, it was It was terrific stuff. Uh, your stat of the game, there have been 16, uh, updating this from last week when we talked about Josh Palmer going up against the Falcons. There have been 16 wide receivers with seven or more targets against the Falcons. 16 have had seven or more targets against the Falcons. 15 of them have scored more than 12 PPR fantasy points. It, it is a tremendous floor. This team is absolutely dreadful against wide receivers, and they see the most wide receiver targets in football. So... There's a lot of places to start here, but I think we should start with uh, with the DJ Moore and Terrace Marshall, Heath, and and what do you think about them? Dave stepped off and now he's back. Uh, Heath, what do you think about the the Panthers wide receivers? DJ Moore is a low end number two wide receiver. Terrace Marshall is a low end number three wide receiver. Um, <clears throat> wouldn't feel great about starting both uh, together because I don't think the odds of both being good are fantastic. But we've seen uh, over the last two weeks, I believe Terrace Marshall's averaging 13 and a half fantasy points per game. And it looks it's pretty concentrated target share between him and DJ Moore. There's a there's risk that um, that Walker gets benched mid game and then who knows where the targets go. But I like it. It didn't hurt. Marshall last week when Baker came in, Baker's the one that threw him his touchdown. He has five end zone targets in his past three games, and he's playing a lot. He's not a great talent, but he is tall, has solid speed, and they clearly look for ways to scheme him up in the end zone. So I agree with the low-end flex talk with him. He could get you 10 PPR points. I think DJ Moore's got more upside, uh, and, and I like him better with P.J. Walker, obviously, as his quarterback. Here's hoping P.J. Walker is a better time. It's an easier matchup, and that's really about it. D.J. Moore, low-end number two wide receiver. Deontay Johnson or D.J. Moore? Moore. This week? Yes. Yeah. Um, how about Chris Olave at Pittsburgh or D.J. Moore? Olave. Olave. A Broncos wide receiver facing the Titans or uh, D.J. Moore? Judy Moore Sutton. Yep. On a lower level, Terrace Marshall or Darnell Mooney this week? Mooney. Mooney, but it's really close. Terrace Marshall or Donovan Peoples-Jones at Miami? Marshall. I will take Peoples-Jones in PPR. 
I think I might take him in non-PPR. He's not really a big catch guy, DPJ. No, but he's he's got you that safe floor. It sounds better to say at least nine PPR points per game. Like, And I feel like the floor for Marshall, it's probably right around there, maybe a little bit lower. Where are you guys ranking Foreman and Hubbard, Dave? I see Hubbard is not in the rankings yet, but I think... No, that, we, that we've got to make a decision on him. We might not decide that until Thursday. We'll see. Okay. Uh, if he's not on the practice report or the injury report on Wednesday, then we have no choice but to rank him. I like Foreman. I've got him 16th in non-PPR. It's going to be around the same in full PPR. Number two running back. We'll go down a little bit if Chuba Hubbard plays. Hubbard would be... Better in PPR than non-PPR, probably in that flex range, somewhere between 24th and 30th among running backs. Yeah, I think just looking at it, I'm probably going to be around 21 on Foreman if Hubbard's in the rankings. And uh, Hubbard's around 30. It's going to be really tough with Chuba Hubbard and guys like Brian Robinson, Khalil Herbert, A.J. Dillon, Najee Harris. Would you start Deontay Foreman or Antonio Gibson? Gibson's at Philadelphia. It's entirely dependent on the status of Hubbard, but assuming Hubbard plays, I would go with Gibson. In full PBR only. Okay. I think I'm taking Foreman either way. Foreman or David Montgomery against the Lions? Foreman either way. Dave, Foreman or David Montgomery? Foreman. Okay. Um... All right, sit P.J. Walker, sit Tommy Tremble, Mariota, 28 fantasy points last time. Anybody want to start Mariota this week? I do not. Bi-week quarterback. Start Russell Wilson over him? I would. I would. Tom Brady? I would. Aaron Rodgers? I would. Uh, I think I might just have to say, well, fantasy was good this year. (laughs) Good run, good try. Uh, Mariota might have more upside. Uh, Atlanta running backs. Okay, so Cordaro Patterson versus Deontay Foreman. Who do you like better? Patterson. Assuming Hubbard plays, it's Patterson. If Hubbard, for some reason, doesn't, then Foreman. Yeah, the Falcons running backs, they average 27 rush attempts per game. Just the running backs. They lead the NFL in running back rush attempts. Yes, they are very good at running the ball. Yeah, so you could... I mean, like Algier... Algier, I... You know, four teams on a bye. He had 10 carries last Mm -hmm. week. But Huntley also mixes in there. That's the problem. So if all the running backs play, would you rather have Chuba Hubbard or Tyler Algier? Chuba. I think I'll take Chuba in PPR, Algier in non. I think it's going to be really close between those two. Don't hold me to it. I might end up going with Algier. I'm really, I'm impressed with how he played last week. I'm impressed with the amount of work. He's gotten at least 10 carries. I think it's like six straight weeks. Right, but, you know, obviously there's a big caveat there. Patterson missed four of them. Right, but he still had it last week Ten. with Patterson there in a game that they were battling in and ultimately lost. Right. That was why I said, you know, 27 rush attempts per game on average just for the running backs where you can get two relevant guys. And, you could all, and by the way, you could also get a big dud from Patterson if he stays at 13 carries and one catch. It's not exactly a great workload. He did have the goal line work. He scored two touchdowns, and he's just been really good. He's, Patterson scored 18.3 or more PPR fantasy points in three of his four healthy games this year. Um, the Panthers allow the third most fantasy points to running backs, 4.8 yards per carry to running backs. Um, and also, we should just point out, I know the way you guys are ranking it, and it makes sense. Four men ahead of Hubbard. Hubbard's missed two games. 
But three weeks ago, Hubbard had more carries and one more target than Deontay Foreman in the first three quarters of the game they, they played against Tampa Bay. Um, they both were good. Hubbard had more work, though, and then he got hurt. So just throwing that out there. I'm guessing sit Drake London? Duh. Uh, how yeah. about Kyle Pitts? Kyle Pitts has five end zone targets, which ranks fourth among tight ends, and three of them have been in the last two games. Start or sit Kyle Pitts? I have him as a sit. I'm I'm nervous. He should he should have had another monster game last week. Five targets traveled at least twenty air yards, and he went zero for five. One of them dropped. Another one just outstretched of his hands. Three more overthrown, but clearly targeted on all five of them. Uh, the one that was just outside of his hands. I, I'm talking like six inches. Like he really should have dove for it. That was in the end zone. He should have had a huge game. You wouldn't have even thought twice about it. But I'm just I'm I'm worried that the Falcons are going to say, okay, we can't trust him doing that anymore. Let's keep it short. He's back to being for me a touchdown or bust tight end. So you're hoping that he scores and gets you like 11 PPR points. I would start Pitts over Gesicki, Komet, Higby. Sure. I I would start Gerald Everett, Dulcich, Robert Tunyon over Pitts. We'll disagree on Tunyon, but I agree otherwise. Fryermuth uh, easily. Oh, easily. Sure. Uh Dalton Schultz, TJ Hawkinson, Kate Otten. Heath does not have Otten ahead of Pitts. I think I've got him back to back, right? Uh, you have Morrow in between. Pitts, Morrow, Otten. No, Morrow, it's, Mo- it's Morrow. It's Morrow. According to every broadcast I've heard in the last three weeks. Um, is that is that a Cameron Brait thing? It's a little bit. It's also, I think, Kate Otten has like two catches for 12 yards floor. Which I think is Honestly, what he had two weeks ago. Kyle Pitts has that. I mean, so Kyle Pitts bets. has five games. Right, yep, right. that's why he's ranked one of them the same playing range. Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, and you actually, Evan, uh, Evan Ingram or Kyle Pitts, guys. What well, you both, as of right now, as I look, have Ingram one spot ahead of Pitts. Yep. Yeah. But we, you know, I guess, we have to wait for practice reports. Obviously, we don't have the Wednesday or Thursday reports, so check on Evan Ingram. But all right, uh, and that would do it, Dave, for Thursday night football. Na 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 na. I think that's it. I didn't miss anything. Don't start Tommy Tremble. Yeah. I was hoping for another blarg. This is Fantasy Jeopardy. And a reminder if you like real Jeopardy with smart people, the Tournament of Champions is happening right now. Tune in all week long to watch the Tournament of Champions. All right. Your categories for 200, 400, and 600. Here are the rules, by the way, before I get to the categories. Uh, You have to say your name to buzz in. No penalties for wrong answers. Please have a list of the teams up, list of teams displayed. Um, You get a daily double where you can either, you know, double your money. There are no penalties there either. Or you can just, if you don't have money, you just bid however much the category was worth originally. And that's pretty much it. Please answer. You must answer in the form of a question. Your categories are NFC West quarterbacks. What's the catch? Again. And sports movies. Not football movies, sports movies. All right, so NFC West quarterbacks, what's the catch? And sports movies. Heath is the reigning champion, and the board is yours. Uh, what's the catch? Four? 200, Four, 400, 200, please. Okay. 200, 400, 600 in all three categories. 
what is the catch? Oh, sorry, I'm just putting a note in my rundown here. What's the catch for 200? He leads all wide receivers in yak, yards after catch, per catch, for the third straight season. Heath. Heath. Who is Debo Samuel? That is correct. Heath has two hundred dollars wow. on the board. Would yours. have never guessed that. Three straight seasons, Debo leading. I did not bench. know this year, but I knew past years was the only reason. I am yeah, surprised I to hear never... he still leads this year. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. Wide receiver. Uh, they're like four or five running backs ahead of him. But yeah, go ahead. Right. Um, oh, so your board is yours. Uh, what's the catch for four hundred, please? Though he ranks just tenth among wide receivers with four touchdown catches. He ranks first with 12 end zone targets. Heath. Heath. Who is DK Metcalf? Yeah, I tried so hard not to give this away earlier. And the funny thing is he only has five targets, DK Metcalf, inside the 10-yard line, and yet he still has 12 end zone targets. So he's gotten a lot of end zone targets from 10 to 20 yards, one from like 40 yards. But I don't know. I mean, when you call him a sell high, I didn't want to say he leads the NFL in end zone targets, but he does. So does that factor in? Does that make you a little hesitant to sell high on DK Metcalf? It makes me slightly more optimistic that he could be better in non-PPR. And be better in PPR too, but like that, I don't see him being a top 12 wide receiver based on merit in full PPR. Those touchdown numbers, if he was catching seven of them, then maybe he would be a non. Okay. Uh, what? Okay, board is yours. Finish the What's the catch for 600, please? These, these two first- and second-year running backs lead all running backs in yards per catch. All right, so I'll say it again. It's a little confusing. These first and se- it's two, the top two running backs in yards per catch, and they are in their first and second. One of them's in their first year. One is in his second year. I know one of them, I think. Yeah, I'm not giving partial uh, credit. Um, these two first and second year running backs lead all running backs in yards per catch. This is probably about wrong, but Heath, mm-hmm. who are Travis Etienne and Brees Hall? Oh, he sweeps the category. <laughs> Etienne does. He's second. Brees Hall is first. Yards per catch. Yeah, he doesn't catch that many, but uh, he makes them count. Brees Hall and Travis Etienne. That is impressive, Heath. That is that 1,200. Was nice. I, was, I thought about Etienne. I thought there's no way that he does because I just I don't remember him having a ton of like big plays through the air. Brees Hall had the one huge play. Yeah, yeah. All right, we've got yeah, NFC I'd... West quarterbacks and sports movies, Heath. Well, I, I think I'm going to do much better in one of these categories than the other. Um, NFC West quarterbacks, please, for 200. He leads all NFC West quarterbacks in fantasy points per game in four-point per passing touchdown leagues. Dave. Dave. Who is Geno Smith? And that is... Wait, hold on. Let me get the wrong... Um, I got to get the buzz. <laughs> all right. Um, I, man. Heath. Heath. Who is Kyler Murray? Correct. It is Kyler Murray. He is 0.3 fantasy points better than Geno Smith in four-point per passing touchdown leagues. Uh, all right, Heath, you pretty much have this one in the bag, but uh, who's, what's that? No, no, the Daily Double's still out there. Uh, I'm NFC, just not going to answer. I'm, I'm enjoying this. NFC West quarterbacks for 400, please. He leads all NFC West quarterbacks in passing yards. Dave. Dave. Stafford? Is it Matthew Stafford? Matthew Stafford? 
Heath. Heath. Who is Geno Smith? Yes. <laughs> Geno Smith just barely ahead of Kyler Murray because Murray's thrown so many passes, but Geno Smith has uh, 31 more yards. <laughs> okay uh Um, it's 600 uh what's the can we get an updated score you win uh 1800 1800 to nothing and i think there's only i think there's exactly 1800 left Left. on the board yeah okay all right dave you gotta Um, sweep heath heath oh wait Um, you have to guess the category (laughs) and actually west quarterbacks for 600 please I'm sorry, Heath. I have to give Dave the daily double, so I'm just waiting for him to buzz to have control of the board. I'm not going to buzz. I'm, uh, no, you have I'm to have control of the board. I want the perfect game here. All right, no, no, be competitive. All right, he leads sure. all NFC West quarterbacks in EPA expected points added per dropback. Dave. Dave. Who is Zach Wilson? No, no, I'm not allowing this. You have to take this seriously. <laughs> he leads all NFC West quarterbacks in EPA per dropback. Um, Heath. Heath. Who is Jimmy Garoppolo? Y- yes, the, the, that is unbelievable. Yes, good job. Jimmy Garoppolo. Here are your top five in EPA per dropback. Tua, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Jimmy Garoppolo. All right, Heath, ready for sports movies? Oh, yeah. This is where I get to embarrass myself. 200? Don't worry. 200. You're All playing right. against the right guy for that. Sports movies for 200. Room, room. This sports movie coined the phrase, if you're not first, you're last. Heath. Heath. What is Talladega Nights? Correct. (laughs) 400? Yes, please. Thesaurus.com would call this boxing movie Seething Longhorn. Heath. Heath. What is Raging Bull? Correct. 600. These. Yes, please. These swingers. Hold on, this is the daily double. Oh yeah, you're at the daily <laughs> double, Heath. Uh, I don't even know how much money you have. Would you have twelve, twenty four hundred? I'm not actually risking it. Correct. Three thousand um, dollars. Yeah, you can double up on that, or or not. Yeah. All right, we'll or, and lose nothing. And lose so nothing. fantastic. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> All right, uh, these swingers appeared together in the 1993 football classic Rudy. Heath is the only one allowed to answer right now. These swingers appeared together in the 1993 this. football classic Rudy. No. Oh, you suck. <laughs> Dave? Who are Vince Vaughn and John Favreau? That is correct. And it was worth $3,000. Congratulations. <laughs> nah, just kidding. Uh, Heath wins 3000 to 600 he got, he got eight of nine questions or answers correct. Vince Vaughn and John Favreau uh, appeared together Do in Do you know swingers. how tempted I was to say who is Barbara Streisand and Shirley Temple? <laughs> Uh, is that were they like is that like a joke or just two random people two random people that definitely were not in the movie swingers oh yeah yeah uh yeah so that was that was fun little trivia it's one of the highlights of my career really way to go thanks looking at see if we missed anything here um from the bylaws from the bylaws that the I'm glad we rushed through like fantasy content. We definitely did not actually. Fantasy Jeopardy. We definitely did not because I said you get five minutes for the schedule segment. It was like okay, a ten okay, minute segment. Okay. All right. Uh, Devonte Smith is he a buy low? And before you say yes, Jalen Hurts has thrown twenty five to twenty eight passes in four of his last five games. It's been a lot more, a lot less pass heavy than he was at the start of the year. Is Devonte Smith a buy low? 
he's the guy it's so hard to know what his perceived value is like all these buy low sell highs are based on what you could get the guy for obviously um i view Devonte smith like past years tyler lockett and i think there's probably a 150 yard two touchdown game just around the corner all the time and there's always a four catch 18 yard game just around the corner um so I would prefer him to DK. Wow. Ooh, wow. Yeah, I mean, you really just are not a fan of DK. Anybody else? What about Godwin? Would you measure him up with Godwin? Devontae Smith we're talking about here, just so everybody right. knows. Devontae I Smith think or I'd Godwin? rather have I think I'd put him between Godwin and Deontay Johnson. Okay. Okay. I look at him the same way that I would look at Gabe Davis. These are boom bust high end number three receivers that you're going to be partial to starting because of what they're capable of doing. And you're not going to care about the matchup. You care about their role in the offense. You care about their downfield speed. You care about their quarterback getting them the football, which considering where Jalen hurts was, is a pretty big accomplishment. That's a, that's a good call to put him in that group. Um, I think it's interesting. If you look at fantasy points per game, Number 30 this season is DK at 12.6. Number 31 is Gabe Davis at 12.4. Number 33 is Devonta Smith at 12.0. Like they are just almost exactly the same guy. The obvious difference being that DK and Gabe have scored four touchdowns and Devonta Smith scored two. Um, but I can buy it because of all the end zone targets. Like AJ Brown gets so many of the targets there. Right. DK Metcalf gets so many of the targets there for Seattle. And that would be the tiebreaker for me. And the pass volume is low for both teams. I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to be a 30-pass guy because their schedule is so easy. Washington, right. Colts, Packers, Titans, Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Saints. I mean, it's it's just a lot of games where they're not going to have to throw. DK has not had his bye yet, correct? Correct. And Philadelphia has. So that's that's a good I'm, point, too. Yeah. All right, I think that that's pretty much it. I, I'm, I'm happy that we, we touched on basically everyone that I was going to get to. I had one more that I've been arguing on Twitter about that I need a sanity check from you guys because the projections had Dak Prescott as like QB 22 this week Mm. Um, with a pretty easy explanation. He's thrown 52 passes in his last two games combined. He's facing a defense that is awful against the run and has given up the second fewest points to quarterbacks and doesn't have an offense that can score. I don't really have any – what we don't know is whether Dallas's change to not throwing the ball 30 times per game is something they're going to stick with. But these do not look to me like the circumstances to change that. And you shouldn't expect Dak to have more fantasy points than pass attempts like he did last in his last game. So before Dave answers, you haven't projected 22. Where did you end up ranking Dak Prescott? Like I moved him up to like 14 because I don't really like it. Right. Um, but still I've got him behind Russell Wilson and Jimmy Garoppolo, which is, um, not comfortable, but I don't, I don't, I don't think the setup's very good for Dak or Lamb right now, especially this week. Okay, Dave, I ahead. feel like I, there's such a wide range of quarterbacks that we could say that we're not comfortable with ranking and Dak is absolutely in there. And yet he's top 10 for me because I think he's safe for 20. And I think there's definitely an off chance that he can get you past 25. I don't know if he can do it every week. And I just, I can't help but think that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to go down swinging 
uh, with with this season, and I think he bounces back to a degree. Not to say that he's a good start in fantasy this week, because I think he's 19 points a week. But I, I think that the I think the Cowboys are going to roll. Having Zeke back does kind of hurt Dak a little bit. Maybe I've got him a little too high, but I do think he's a good candidate to get you 20 fantasy points. Does he have the upside to get you 30? No, I don't think that's happening. It's an easier yeah, matchup I, than it, it was because Rashawn Gary's out, Eric Stokes is out, starting linebacker, starting cornerback. So I just want to point that out because that, that's a big right. Game. It's Gary probably still not as probably still not as bad a defense as the Bears, and I would say definitely not as bad a defense as the team he played before that, the Lions, when he scored 14 fantasy points. For what it's worth, yeah, yeah. For what it's worth, the Bears' pass defense has not been bad this year, and he shredded them. Um, but yeah, I, I mean that's how I feel about him all year. It's it's why I may regret it now, maybe, but you offered me Dak Prescott for Gabe Davis a couple weeks ago, and I just wasn't really that jazzed about Dak Prescott, so I just I turned it down. I'm glad you didn't make that trade, because we ended up making a better trade two <laughs> weeks later. <laughs> All right, I've gotten killed for that enough. I still stand by it. My rationale was fine. All right, thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. Heath is on a two-week run. Heath is the champion right now. Dave can try to knock him off next week. Uh, we I got a good feeling about Heath next week. All right, all right. We'll talk to you all tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.